Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I also try to, you know, when she asks for stuff, like, come on, you know, you're in a store. They put, like, everything they see into the cart, and you're expected to buy it. <laughs> so I always say to her, I'm like, do you want mommy to work more and see you less so we can get all that? And then she takes, like, everything out of the cart. It's so cute. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We're momming today about going back to work, particularly after moms leave the workforce to raise their kids. Fidelity has started a program called Resume that seeks out individuals who who may have taken a career break and then are looking to resume a job in financial planning. We have Rachel Book, the Director of Diversity Recruiting Strategies at Fidelity, here in charge of this program. And Julie Herman is a participant in the program. Julie, I want to talk with you first. Um, you're a boy mom, mom of three boys. You used to work at Fidelity. You left the company to raise your sons for, what, seven years? And now you're back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I uh, I took a break after actually the uh, the third son was born. Um it was a, it was an interesting time for me. I had been I had been working. I had a what a 4-year-old and a 5-year-old at that time and the thought of not only um having three small boys uh at home but also knowing that that was going to be the last uh you know baby that I had and that this was a an opportunity that was you know, never going to be an option for me again. Um, you know, I, I sort of reevaluated my priorities and decided to uh, to take some time off. So what were you doing before you decided to leave? And when you left, did you ever think you'd be going back or was that up in the air? Oh, no, it was a very, uh, it was a very deliberate decision um, to take uh, seven years off. Um, the thought being that I would wait until uh, our youngest son was in full day school, um, and, and no, Lauren, I didn't have a son in full day school yet, so I didn't really understand how that, right, yeah. uh, how the commitment sort of evolves as your as your children uh, get older. Um, but no, it was it was well, a meaning plan. it's, it's I, got harder or easier. It just it changes as your children get older. I remember. Um, after I became a stay-at-home mom and I had, you know, three little ones and, you know, one's a baby and I'm exhausted all the time, uh, I, I was talking with a mom who had, she was a stay-at-home mom and her kids were older. And I was like, what do you do all day? And she just looked at me and rolled her eyes and said, just wait. Because it's not that, 
your children need you less. It's just the way in which they need you evolves over time. They need you differently. But see, that's that's the question, though, because after, let's say, you do school drop-off, you do have the bulk of your day, and then you're really busy with school pickup and activities when you're basically mm-hmm. like a chauffeur. So you kind of have the middle of your day to yourself. You too, and um, and I think that's a it, it's an interesting dynamic because you realize there's only a few hours there, right? As mm-hmm. a as a um, stay at home mom, where you're like, all right, now I'm trying to get everything else done. And for our family, um, I tried to do everything so that in the evening we could really spend as much time you know, going to events uh, or the kids' games or whatever it was together. Um, So it was like, all right, I've got to get all the housework done, pay the bills, do the volunteering. Oh, I hear you. Hard work done, you know? Yeah. yeah, so it's, you know, you just... you. And then it becomes, Julie, because you're not working, it's like, oh, well, mom can do that because she doesn't have a job. So she has plenty of time on her hands. So you wind up probably taking on more responsibilities than you'd ever um, imagine. But that was the hardest part for me, honestly, going from a working mom to a uh, a stay-at-home mom. I felt like, all right, I'm not contributing to the family in a monetary fashion anymore. Um, And so I have to justify that by doing everything you know like the dinner has to be perfect and on the table and the house has to be clean and um, and all of the that was the biggest that was literally the biggest challenge because when you're working you deliberately set up time right you're like i have vacation today and that means i'm not going to do xyz or it's the weekend i'm not going to but as a as a stay-at-home mom i felt like i had to constantly be establishing my own value um, because I wasn't contributing monetarily to the family anymore. What's harder, stay-at-home moms or working moms? I don't, I, you know, um, everybody's working so hard, right? For you personally, though, I mean, I I just, I remember when I was on maternity leave the second time, I, I really couldn't wait to get back to work because I was so much more productive in everything. Because it was, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours of just silence sometimes, you know, myself in an office. I could I could actually pay some bills or, or read something that I was supposed to read, whereas at home it was just nutty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's so true. You it's it's interesting what you miss when you when you transition between those sort of different ways of of working. I missed the time in the car. I actually missed my commute because <laughs> it gave me 45 minutes of that quiet time where I could decompress and and after I was staying at home, I was like there's always somebody with me all the time. I will say it was a it was an easier transition for me coming back to work than it was going from a working, um, I'm sorry, I don't like the term working mom because I, I think everybody's working. Okay, I like that. What do you want to call it? Though? What do you want to call, what do you want to call a working mom? I like, I like working out of the home um, or working outside of the home um, because I think that, you know, it, it gives some um, recognition to the fact that everybody is is working really hard um, at being a parent. It's just how are you 
prioritizing your your time. Well, stay-at-home right? moms actually work harder because they don't outsource as much. I feel like when you're well, working, yeah. you have to have people do things for you because you're not physically there to do it, that in some ways it gets a little bit easier to be a mom. Yeah. Well, and, and as a stay-at-home mom, you get to choose how you spend your time, right? But you may have more priorities that you're sort of stacking against that time. So um, I, I do like the, are you working outside of the home or not? Or, you know, I like to say, well, I'm, I'm gainfully employed now. I've got, <laughs> I've got a different set of benefits than what I had. I, I want to um, bring in Rachel here. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Book is the director of, um, of this, this program. Also a boy mom, right? You have two yes. sons, Rachel? I do. You are a working outside the home mom. I take it? Um, yes, except for today. I happen to be doing my outside-the-home job inside my home. Okay. Okay. How's that going? Any distractions? No. Love the flexibility. Awesome. So did you know Julie before when in her first stint at Fidelity? I did not. I joined more recently, but we were so excited to hear that she was interested in coming back to the program. So when did this program start? What was the impetus? Just tell me a little bit more about this program, because the way I had heard of it was one of the financial analysts were, was, on, was on the Fox Business set, and he was telling me how his wife was so excited about going back to work, and they have a family Snapchat, and she was shopping and snapping pictures of like her work outfits, like a little kid basically, like so excited to go back to school and sending them to her son and daughter, just saying like, I can't wait. Am I going to look okay? What do I wear? And I just saw the joy that those stories brought to him. I was like, I need to reach out to Fidelity and, and learn more about this. Yes. Yeah, so it's a great program. We started it about five years ago. It's actually a global program that we run in the U.S., but also in India and Ireland. We run it across different lines of business. So we've got financial analysts, financial planners, but we also have technologists and operations folks coming back uh, to the workforce. Um, it started out where we just placed people, you know, on a one-off basis, but it's now evolved into a program that we call Resume. And so what we do is we identify the hiring needs from our various business units, and then we recruit talent to come in for a six-month paid, almost like an internship program, um, where we provide them with training, with skills refreshing, with mentorship, uh, to help them reactivate their skill sets, their confidence, their technology. And then at the end of the six months, uh, either uh, they get extended or uh, we hire them full time. So that's how the program runs in a nutshell. Do you have a percentage of those that are hired full time after the program? Yes. So approximately 70% stay beyond the six months. Uh, which would be considered an extension. And then um, the conversion rate to full-time employees, somewhere around the 45 to 50% mark. And is everyone paid the same when they're in the program? No, so it is somewhat different. So we have um, different levels based on the job itself and Got based it. on the location. So really similar to how companies would build out compensation for uh, traditional jobs. So, so Julie is a mother. Would you say most of the applicants are mothers or is it a wide range of people that are interested? <laughs> So it's a wide range of people. So our eligibility criteria for the program is that people have to have taken a, 
a two-year career break, a minimum two-year career break uh, for personal reasons. So we find that many of our resumers, as we call them, have taken extended career breaks to raise families. Some have taken time off to care for elderly parents. Uh, we have one resumer who actually took 22 years off from the workforce because she followed her spouse to Asia and Europe for his career. Oh, wow. um, this year, we have four men in our program, which is awesome. So a variety of reasons, but they all have to be intentional career breaks for personal reasons. Got it. When you are accepting, uh, let's just do mothers first. When, when mm-hmm. you are accepting women who decided they needed a break to raise their children, what skills do they have that not all candidates have or not all fidelity workers full-time have that they learned from doing work in the house with the kids? So that's a great question. I always joke with our hiring managers when I um, socialize this program inside Fidelity that these candidates, especially the moms who've taken time off from work, they have not been on their couches watching Netflix during their career break. <laughs> Thank they've you. Been Thank you very much. Running nonprofits, they've been volunteering at hospitals, they've been PTA presidents, they've been multitasking. Many of them are entrepreneurs and have started their own businesses. So they've done a lot of really impressive work during their career break. Um, I think the other aspects that we value is the professional maturity, the loyalty and commitment, right? When they're ready to come back, they're like, I really want this. Uh, And then the fresh perspective that they offer is incredible, right? And that's real diversity. So those of us who've been sitting in conference calls and in meetings day after day after day, um, we lose that fresh perspective. But someone like Julie, who's been out for seven years, she might be sitting in a meeting and she might be thinking, hey, why are you doing it this way? And she'll ask a question and she can add new perspective that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Give me an example, like where Julie or someone would say, hey, like in the real world, it doesn't work like that or this product would be better because you have like one example that you could share. So, you know, it's interesting. I don't know that I have an example about a product, but I remember um, a scenario where there was a team and they were involved in some, it was like an IT product launch. And there were lots of people in rooms in meetings and they were figuring out how to create um, this IT system rollout with a communications plan. And our resumer had you know, she was listening in and she was relatively new to the process. And she said, wait, I think you can skip these four steps. And what if we do the communication in advance and then we can, you know, run this macro in Excel and, and, you know, make it a lot easier. And the hiring manager sent me a note and said, oh my gosh, this resumer has like, it's totally worthwhile just from this meeting today. Yeah. You know, Go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. We just see a lot of, of those experiences. And what we try and do is we make sure that we create an environment where our resumers, where our returners feel comfortable asking questions, right? We tell them this is a safe space. Don't feel like it's a dumb question. We really want to hear your observations. Julie, did you feel after a seven-year break, how nervous were you? As much as you craved that commute because it was quiet, <laughs> how nervous were you to, to go back to work, to have an alarm clock and, you know, a boss and all that? Um, you know, it was, uh, I think that it was even just getting into the interview process. Um, like that was, it was a, it was a nerve wracking sort of decision because it is a, it is a big life choice. Um, right. And, and a, and a huge change. But this, uh, the great thing about this program too is it's set up to start as a six month, um, you know, uh, 
return to work um, almost Training. like an internship, right? Mm-hmm. So it, that actually made it a lot easier for me. So, because you knew you had an out. If you didn't like because, it or if you weren't good at it or if they didn't think you were a good fit anymore, or if no one's work lost. out for the family too, right? Right. right. I mean, that was probably my, my biggest concern. I knew that I loved fidelity. Um, and I knew that at some point, I mean, my plan had always been to come back to fidelity. So the timing of this program for me personally um, in my region was, it was fantastic. It was literally two months before my youngest started uh, first grade. So it was great. But Lauren, at some point in time, I told him, you know, mom's, mom's going back to work. And he said to me, well, who's going to take care of me then? And I was like, I was a mess. I remember, I remember distinctly when my mom went back to work. I think I was, I might've been in third grade. My brothers, Mm -hmm. my brothers, I think had just started kindergarten and, uh, (laughs) my response was, but mom, who's going to buy me clothes every day? Cause she would always go shopping (laughs) with our neighbor. I was like, I'm not going to get presents every day. I'm so selfish. (laughs) Um, but I remember I was really proud of my mom when she went back to work because I knew she loved it and she gave yeah. it up for us. And then she was able to do both. Yeah. Right. Like we, we make it, we make it work, but knowing that it was a six month commitment, um, you know, let me figure out if it was going to work for me, if it was going to work for fidelity and if it was going to work for my family. So it was, it was a very, um, as, as Rachel said, it's a very, it's a safe place to come into um, and the way Fidelity has it structured, it's such a, it's a, it's a welcoming environment and it gives you opportunities um, that you might not otherwise be able to find coming off of a long break like that, right? So a lot of um, the women that I started back with in my resume cohort we had been looking for work for, for a long time because there's so many, um, automated programs where you're submitting your resume and algorithms are saying, well, you know, you haven't worked for seven years, you haven't worked for 10 years, um, and you don't even make it to an initial interview. It's not like you're dead. You just need a little bit of a refresh on your on your skills. And you would think that in a tight, tight labor market and companies, Rachel, companies are always saying we cannot find the skill set and job applicants for what we need. But it begs the question if they're just not looking in the right places. Exactly. And I consider this an untapped talent pool, right? So when you look at some of the statistics, so men and women enter the financial services industry at equal rates, but women leave for a variety of reasons. Uh, When you look at technology, so women are graduating with computer science degrees now at around 16 to 18%. Well, in the late 80s, it was closer to 37%. So what we're saying is, hey, these women have not fallen off the face of this earth. They've left the workforce. Our traditional recruiting process is not making it easy for them to come back. So we need a program like this that embraces their career gap and provides a um, really a, a customized program to help them reactivate those skills and experience. And then their careers accelerate faster. Have you found that Fidelity is a leader in this space or other companies looking to your model and copying it? Yeah, so our model is unique because our program is six months. So many of the programs I've seen out there are um, more aligned to a college internship, like 10 or 12 weeks. The other thing that we do that's really unique is we think about 
the role in advance. So when we go to our business leaders and we collect their demand to host a resumer, what we say is think of a position or think of an opportunity that's most likely to continue beyond the six months. Because if all works out well, we want to welcome the resumer into the Fidelity family full time. Got it. Got it. And as we wrap this up, I just, Julie, you've, you've kind of enlightened me a little bit on this podcast. You know, it's not a working mom. It's a working outside the home mom and some <laughs> other things that you've said. If you can just tell me about how you explained you deciding to go back to fidelity to your children. Because, I, you know, I think we often get that question, mom, why can't you come? And then you have mom guilt or, or mom, why can't you pick me up? Or mom, this, why are you working? How did you, how did you settle that with your children? So I have a, a seven-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a, and a 13-year-old. So we had a couple of, of different conversations. Um, and with the older boys, it was about, um, you know, what we might be able to do differently um, with me going back to work and with them, um, you know, being as, as busy and active as they are. Um, but, uh, and, and just the ways that it benefits our family for us to have two parents that are, uh, that are working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for, for, for my younger son, it was more about just reassuring him that, uh, that we were still gonna be there for him, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, the, uh, sort of the monetary benefits, uh, <laughs> didn't necessarily translate as well, as well for yeah. a seven year old, but just knowing that, um, uh, you know, because my older sons still have some recollection of me, um, you know, being a, a working mom. But for him, I had always been there for him. So right. to let him know that, you know, just because mom was going to be maybe at an office, just like dad was uh, during the day, you know, that that didn't that doesn't change our relationship or the fact that we'll always make sure that he's he's well cared for. Yeah, and and I say it just because I my daughter gets upset when I go to work. Um, and I have a daughter, not a son, and I, I think that's slightly different. So, and I don't, I don't know if, if this is if the best answer, but what I usually say is I say two things. I'm like, mommy goes to work because mommy's really good at her job. It's like mommy studied really hard. I make her seem like you know yeah. have a dream, you can achieve it. So she she doesn't look at work as a bad thing that she feels empowered by what I'm doing. And then I also try to you know when she asks for stuff like, come on, you know you're in a store, they put like everything they see into the cart, and you're expected to buy it. So I always say to her, I'm like, do you want mommy to work more and see you less so we can get all that? And then she takes like everything out of the cart. It's so cute. <laughs> so those are my two little strategies. Oh, Lauren, I am so going to employ that. <laughs> so ladies, so good to talk to both of you. I really appreciate this conversation. I hope we inspired some other moms out there who are kind of deciding what they should do to think about this program. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Julie. Bye. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. 
Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.